0: So hi everybody, and welcome to our fifth episode of Ladies in Le- Leadership with Nari and Liz, where we talk about all things empowerment, confidence building, goal setting, motivation, resilience, and personal development. So today's episode is actually our first collaboration uh, with a lovely uh, gentleman called David. Um, as we as we uh, promote ourselves as Ladies in Leadership, but it's absolutely important to have uh, the perspective the opinion, and the message from our male con- counterparts, with, which we've discussed quite regularly in our previous episodes. Um, so I've also got my uh, co-host with me, uh, Liz. So hello, Liz. Hi, everyone. Okay, so today's topic is leading on from our third episode on visionary empathy, Um, And uh, we're going to speak with David, who, as I mentioned, is a coach, a speaker, a co-founder. He's built his own uh, multi six figure online business and and most importantly, has been able to create a life on his own terms, which is absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. And the the main the main uh, topic is uh, is going to be fierce empathy. Um, and in a simple terms, uh, David, I'm sure you'll um, develop on this. It's about fully immersing yourself into a place of understanding. So you can truly see and hear someone doing what you can to see from their perspective, but being willing to speak the hard truth, despite the discomfort it may cause within the other person. So for the benefit of everyone. Um, Liz, I'll pass over to you if you want to do a formal introduction of David.
1: Sure. Uh, thank you for passing it over. And thank you for being with us here today. Uh, David Waldy is, is, uh, is, is Waldy, right? Or is it Waldy?
2: It's Waldy. Yeah. It's
1: Waldy. Okay. So David is a coach, speaker and co-founder, as Nori has mentioned. And he's worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and thought leaders from across the globe and helped uh, and develop high-level programs for people like Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi, and I'd love to hear more about that after we uh, get a chance to chat, as well as spoken with and trained on their stages, which is extremely exciting. He's passionate about sharing the message of fierce empathy, and so are we, by the way, and helping others to challenge their own paradigms, lean into their discomfort of growth and change, and never stop becoming who they said they would be or wanted to be. Uh, he is a father, husband, personal growth junkie, and a non nonfiction reader and lover of coffee me too and all things outdoors so we're very pleased you could be with us here today David and I I raise my sort of semi here coffee mug to you so uh, we're certainly uh, looking very forward to hearing your thoughts uh today well
2: Liz Nari thank you for having me I'm honored to be here I've got coffee as well Liz so right there with you and uh, I'm excited for this conversation I'm I'm honored to be here and I'm looking forward to creating a powerful conversation with you guys wonderful
0: so if we start off with the topic of fierce empathy. So tell us a bit more about what that actually means um, and how we can align that to uh, the topic of leadership, being the leaders of our own lives.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So fierce empathy is uh, is one of these things that kind of uh, came out organically. It wasn't like one of those epiphany moments where all of a sudden I was like, ah, oh, this is the thing. Uh, I think that one of the things that we all do as we're going through life and we, we oftentimes we focus on our weaknesses, right? We focus on all of the things that are the problems. But I had a mentor of mine one time challenged me on that and said, what if you looked at the things in your life and on a scale of one to 10, you look at your strengths and weaknesses and you have some sevens and some eights and some nines that are your strengths and you have some, some twos, threes and fours. Uh, What if you were to focus on the seven, eights and nines and making those one or two levels higher and becoming incredibly proficient and excellent in stepping into your strengths and then learning how to mitigate your weaknesses rather than spending all of your energy on focusing on your weaknesses. And it was a profound moment for me because it was the first time I had thought about that, this amplification of our strengths. And I've taken multiple strengths tests, personality tests. I'm sure some of you guys have as well. And just learning more about yourself, and this consistent theme kept coming up was uh, one of my top strengths was empathy, and it frustrated me, <laughs> to be honest. It was like I am like, that's that sounds like something that's so soft and and not like for me as a man. I'm like not manly. Like what what in the world? This is not something I'm 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 happy about. But what I realized was that. I, I had been able to, to really curate and develop this uh, this perspective of the world where I, I was able to help people feel seen, heard, and understood, but also speak the hard truth that everyone else around them was either too timid or too uh, you know, concerned about the relationship uh, to share the truth in love. And so for me, it came to this point where I just realized, okay, I need to learn how to mitigate my weaknesses, but I'm gonna amplify my strengths. And one of those strengths is, Uh, is the empathy side. And in the development of this fierce empathy concept in in working with uh, countless people from all over the globe, I've realized that most people, like myself included, you guys included, we just want to be seen. We just want to be heard. We just want to be understood, Even, even if we're wrong. Like we want someone to actually listen, not just hear what we're saying, actually listen. And I think in the culture and day and age that we live in, there's a lot of people that are just walking around on eggshells. They're scared to, sh- to, to share what they would, maybe some people would call their truth or what they believe to be the truth. And they don't necessarily have a framework for how to present that in a way that still honors and respects another individual as an individual while disagreeing with the concept or the thought or the belief or whatever it is that they're sharing. And so that's kind of how this, this uh, came about over, over the past few years of recognizing this is something that in leadership, in business, in our relationships, in in all facets of our life is vitally important is how can we have communication with another individual, truly value who they are and be willing to listen to their perspective, but then be able to present not necessarily just our opinion, but ask real questions, challenge the thought, challenge the belief, challenge whatever that is in a way that is still sensitive and understanding, but is not causing you to feel like you've got to walk on eggshells and be like, well, I don't know. This is kind of what I think. Right. <laughs> and, and, and so that's really where it, it came out of. And uh, I love the concept because I found it to be invaluable in, in every area of my life and uh, others as well. Just practicing it on a daily basis.
0: Yeah can I, I'd just like to say something there I, I love what you've just said and I think it's so important to get this message out there and there are so many people who want to and need to hear what you're saying uh, it's so empowering and we talk about connection and really that's e- empathy and especially fierce empathy that's the basis of all things connection really if we think about it because it's only if you show your vulnerability if you if you are willing to accept your weaknesses right wanting to conquer them obviously and and refocus on the positives and elevate yourself in life the basis of that is actually showing who you truly are getting to the root of the things that need to be improved and changed and we're, and reframing that for a better future and there's so many people out there who are literally living lives like like they, they have a mask and they're hiding that side of them that's not perfect or imperfect um oh. because because of the ego. Eco uh, dominant um, factor that we have in society. So, what you've just said there is so powerful for me. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Liz.
1: I agree. Um, I've spent many, many years in leadership classrooms, and um, you know, <laughs> this whole concept of being fe- being seen, heard, and understood. Um, That is so not part of the, uh, you know, I want to say ego male perspective in many business contexts. And um, I have been a crusader for vulnerability in our executives for years. and you know I really feel that if we can't be human with those people that we're working with for and are working for us or are with us in the community, then what are we? We're not leaders. We're people wearing masks. I 100% believe that, and and I know that it's a hard fight um, because I fought it in in the corporate entities as well. Um, but the bottom line is who can disagree with love? And, you know, if those two emotions are love and fear, and those are the main emotions that really guide us, then who wants to be guided by fear? <laughs> and we can't do that, and we can't release the fear without um, without really, you know, using our true empathy and our true vulnerability. So thank you that's great.
2: Yeah. I love that and I think that it's as I'm sure you guys know vulnerability is is a very very challenging thing for us. We 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 don't like certain parts of who we are and we don't like putting it out there but it I think that's what creates and facilitates the humanity side that is oftentimes missing from what can often be dry business interactions. And this is how it is. This is the system. This is how it's always been. This is the protocol. And when we, I think, when we can truly empathize with people and saying, "Hey, I get it. I I, I understand." And a lot of times we're timid to do that, even even in situations, though, where someone will bring us a problem or they'll, they'll talk about maybe what's going on in their life. Like an example, I have a, a friend of mine who's recently been having conversations with me about a lack of consistency in a certain area of his life. And I challenged him on that because I love him and I care for him. It's like, OK, you're telling me all these crazy things are going on, struggles in your business, struggles in the relationship. You've got a baby on the way, all these different types of things. And you're telling me that you're not staying consistent. It sounds to me like now more than any other time, you need to have some form of consistency so that you can actually be able to balance these other things. And if you don't have any consistency in any area, you're just going to feel like you're constantly reacting, 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 reacting. And so I, I believe when we can, when we can look at someone and say, Hey, like, I get it. I understand. But I want to, I want to call you up. I don't want to call you out. I want to call you up to a higher standard and be willing to do that in a way that's still respecting their emotional state, if that makes sense.
0: It absolutely does make sense, actually, because it's about helping the person from from a, a true sense. Not necessarily telling somebody what they want to hear, but sometimes when you tell somebody the raw truth, that's when they can actually work from that that place. And we've often talked about feedback being constructive, um, and that's one of the best things you can have in your life because often you you have blind spots which you can't see, but other people close to you can see, and that's yeah. one of the most useful things that you can ever you can have. Um, So following on from what you were saying, our last episode was actually on emotional intelligence. And that's a huge topic within itself, and it lasted two episodes, actually. And um, in that, we identified that uh, with emotional intelligence, men and women have very different traits that make up the whole sphere of emotional intelligence. And often it's about the way that we're socialized. Women being the, the nurturers, the caregivers, the people, the empaths uh, being comfortable to talk about their feelings or say when they're sad. Um, and the, the men being maybe more about the, the, the confidence, this, the self, the, the development, bringing a team together, leading a team. Um, And it all makes up the the collaboration of um, emotional intelligence. But with with regard to empathy, I think it's great that you being uh, obviously a a man and promoting empathy, like you said at the beginning, that, oh, when you first found out that you're an empath, and by the way, I'm an empath too, Uh, It took me a long time to realize that. And then I absolutely owned it, which I do. And there's nothing to, you know, it's, it's something amazing. We need more empaths in this world um the fact that you're speaking up about empathy and that's not necessarily the way that men traditionally have been socialized to become as adults so can you elaborate on that a little bit for our um, listeners
2: yeah absolutely i think uh i had to personally go through this uh this process of understanding more and more about what that really meant and like you're talking about with emotional intelligence i think that we do a grave disservice between the sexes when we're not willing to recognize and honor and value those differences, right? Unfortunately, and I, you know, I don't wanna to go too far down a rabbit hole. I, it seems to be in the day and age that we live in, like there is a lack of valuing those differences because there are people that are angry that they're not the same. And I, I, I wish to always try and shift the perspective and say, wait, 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 if we take a step back, we can, we can be different and value those things within each other. We don't have to be the same. It it creates healthier collaboration and our ability to serve and love each other well when we can value those differences and not demonize them. And what I've seen particularly for men is that uh, if you want to say that the the typical man is, is, uh, doesn't like to show emotion, right. Doesn't like to be a little more stoic, has it together. And because I think for however many years uh, and, and even now, um, it's seen as, as weakness. It's seen as a form of, okay, well, he obviously doesn't have it all together. Well, show me someone who does have it all together. <laughs> right? And I think that it's also context. It's recognizing that we each wear different hats in different capacities. I don't show up for my wife the same way that I show up for my three-year-old daughter. And I don't show up for my three-year-old daughter the same way I show up for a client it's not that I'm a different person. It's just different contexts in which a form of me is is showing up. And I think that there are men across the board. They've never, uh, uh, many of them have never had the permission. They've never given themselves permission to say, it's okay to be a feeling human being. The challenge though, is that I think uh, many men and, and women as well, is that they don't often know how to process or handle that emotion. And oftentimes the emotion, and you guys, you know, this as well, Nara, you mentioned being an empath that it can be a blessing and a curse. You can feel way, way, way too much. And you, instead of being outside the pit, seeing someone in the pit and saying, let me help you. You jump down in there and wallow as well. And you take on all of the stuff that they're dealing with and it throws you out of alignment. And so it's, I think for, uh, for men and women, uh, for all of us just recognizing that, at the end of the day, it's, it's defining for yourself. Okay. Who is it that I am and who do I want to become? Who do I need to become? Mm-hmm. What needs to, what inside of me needs to be set aside? What do I need to lay down? What do I need to shed? You know, cause all of us have this shell. I, I call it a shell of this version of who we that has been placed on us. And we call it baggage, call it pain, we call it heartbreak, frustration, betrayal, all these things. And so, uh, we have to be willing to recognize that every single one of us, we see through a lens. I see through a lens. You both see through lenses, but it's recognizing and saying, okay, I see that I see through a lens and I'm willing to admit that I I have this filter, but I'm going to do everything within my power to set that aside to truly understand so we can actually create some movement here in the right direction. And when we start to define who is it that I am, and who do I want to become? That's, I think, the biggest question. Because most people are asking, what do I need to do? What do I need to do to fix my marriage? What do I need to do to fix my business? What do I need to do to increase my sales? What do I need to do? And what I believe is, is that's a great question. It's just not the right first question. Yeah. I think a better first question is, who do you need to become to step into that role and to be able to serve those people well in whatever the context is? Because when you can define that, this is who I want to become. This is who I need to become. This is maybe uh, I consider myself a, a Christian. I, I would say, who does God call, has God called me to become? I align that for myself based on what I believe he's speaking to me. And then anything else just has to die. It's got to go because I want to be that for my family, for my business, for the people that I love. Even if our beliefs are different, I think coming to this place of alignment of saying, if I can fix my mind on the end goal, what I need to do will get crystal clear. Because then you just start asking every day, is this in alignment with who I said I would be? If it's not, it's gotta go. If it is, all right, let's rock and roll, (laughs) right?
1: And actually, that's a really interesting point. And funny enough, I was just working on a tagline and I came to uh, the way to become is to be for that very reason, because we have to get out of the doing and in deeper into our values and deeper into that who we are and how we show up in order to really be our true selves. And it's really, uh, it's kind of a shame, actually, that there are so many masks in the corporate world. Yeah. <clears throat> and I see individuals when I'm when I'm coaching, they, they they're really uncomfortable with taking that mask off. Yeah. And, you know, that's a tough job for for us to yeah. really build that environment that allows them to feel Uh, totally safe so that they can practice and start into that putting aside everything except for what aligns that's uh you know that it's wonderful but it's not always easy um so question about that so um what do you recommend to your clients um, when, you're, when you're working on alignment and you're getting resistance, what kind of, of, you know, of things do you do you focus on to help move them out of that resistance?
2: Yeah, so that's a great question. One of the first things I do is, again, I check my perspective. When I'm working with a client, one of the things that I think in the coaching industry oftentimes a lot of coaches fail at is they create this codependent relationship or they form an identity for the individual that they want for them. And what I tell all of my clients is I'm not here to fix you. you are not broken in my opinion. There's just some things that you're going to have to navigate through. I'm not here to solve all your problems. I'm not here to give you all the answers. I'm here to ask you the questions that you're not asking yourself and that no one else is around you asking. Mm-hmm. And so when I do that in, in line with what you mentioned, Liz, to establish that alignment, I first start with what do you want? Mm-hmm and then we expand from there by and that's a really hard question for most people to answer. Most people have most people look at these versions of success whether it's in relationships or you know financial or in their business or with their kids or uh, in their health right? In all these different areas and they're like, "Oh, I want that." And my question always is why? Why do you want that? You say you want a million dollar company, you want to make you know a seven figure company. That's great. That's fine. Absolutely possible. Why? Well, I just, I, you know, I really want to. I, I want to be able to, to buy an RV and travel around and, and just spend some time with my kids. I'm like, okay, you don't need a million dollars to do that. Well, yeah, I do. No, you don't. No. How much? How much would it cost you to live on the road, every single month? I don't know, four thousand dollars. Okay, great. So an RV. How much is an RV going to cost you? I don't know, thirty thousand dollars. Okay, so you if you want to do this for twelve months, let's do some math. Three thousand a month or 4,000 a month, let's say 4,000 a month times 12, that's 48 grand. You need a $30,000 RV. You don't need a million dollars. You don't even need a hundred thousand dollars. So tell me why you want a million dollar business, because you're going to have to become something different if that's what you really want. And if you don't know why you want it, you're not going to be able to understand what needs to be done to get there. And so when it comes to that alignment it's really not me not trying to project an idea of what their successful life is supposed to be or what I think is best for them. It's more so asking better questions to help them extract it from within and to really come to terms with a lot of these questions they've never asked themselves. They don't say, well, why do I want you know a six-pack abs? Why do I want that car? Why do I want that type of relationship? Why do I want X, Y, and Z? And when you start asking those type of questions and they start really processing and thinking, then what we as coaches are empowered to do is say, all right, you define what you want. You say why you want it. Now let's starting with the end in mind, that end goal, let's reverse engineer that, deconstruct this whole process and create systems for accountability. Because at the end of the day, this is about your habits, your bad habits, and your good habits. Sometimes I don't like good and bad. It's more useful and not useful, right? We all have those habits that have created certain results. You know, there's a period in my life where my habit of loving donuts created a part of my body I didn't really like, right? And that was just a habit. It's just, it's habits, right? And so ultimately we're looking at, okay, useful and not useful. When we can deconstruct that whole process and create effectively systems for ourselves, and it's the same in business, it's personal or business, systems within your business are just your business habits. And you say, all right, how can I create this new routine, these new habits, recognizing that I'm not going to get transformation in 30 days or a week, even 60 days. Am I willing to be disciplined and consistent in my marriage to create a successful marriage that lasts 50, 60 years? Am I willing to create consistency in my health that allows me to have a healthy body for 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years? Am I willing to create that consistency in my habits, in my business to see, because I think a lot of times we're focused on just, how can I get a quick win? Quick wins are great. They're not, they're not what create lasting success. And so that's kind of the process, Liz, it was a great question of what I'm, I'm diving into when I'm working with someone. So then I don't have to come up with an answer because I'm not, the, that responsibility is not mine. My responsibility is to ask the questions and then say, all right, now that we know that, let's talk about a plan for action so I can hold you accountable to becoming who you said you would be.
0: I absolutely Absolutely. love that. Yeah, it's so powerful, Um, a very comprehensive framework that you've just described there. Um, also with myself, when I'm coaching, I, I always like to go backwards uh, before I uh, coach from here here on into the future, because I often believe like what you touched on there, what you're asking people what they want and them not knowing what they want. I believe that is because they don't actually know who they are. And the first part is to find out actually, who am I? So establishing these values, these principles, these ethics, because a lot of the times uh, it, it, it's across the board, we've been socialized into people who we may not necessarily be by our parents, by our teachers, by our communities, by society. So that whole process of reverse engineering, getting to... A point of a person finding out establishing who they actually are and then yeah. thinking of the goals and the vision of who they want to be so um with that and 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 it's especially with this whole concept of fear sympathy i absolutely love this how do you envisage uh this with the leaders of tomorrow when i say leaders i don't just mean the leader of a, an organization i mean yeah. even being the leader of your own life making your decisions based on your own terms based on knowing exactly who you are and what you want?
2: Yeah, it's that's, that's a beautiful question, Nari. I think that business success in whatever capacity, I, I personally believe it's all founded on, on you as an individual. A lot of people are looking for tactics and strategies and things, and those are beneficial. They're useful. But at the end of the day, if you're looking at your business or relationships or whatever it is, it comes down to you recognizing within your life, who is the person that I want to become. I know we're repeating that here, but in, in alignment with what you're saying, the question that I'm always asking myself is, are the decisions and actions of who I am today in alignment with that version of me that I'm not yet. And so it's this, this thing we hold intention, right? I think that a lot of times you talked about um, feedback, right? I think that we can simultaneously have immense gratitude and dissatisfaction. And most people think that those two things are mutually exclusive, right? That they don't work together. It's like, I believe that you can be 100% grateful that you woke up today. You, you're, we're breathing. We have our families, friends, what our businesses, whatever, that you can be grateful. But then at the same time saying, but I'm not satisfied in this area. I need to in- improve or change or grow or develop, evolve, whatever in this area. And so well, for years, I didn't understand this concept, and maybe you guys are familiar with it or, or use it and practice it, or maybe it's too woo-woo, but I've heard, um, you know, I heard for years about these concepts um, about visualization and manifestation. Like, what, is that, what does that even mean? That sounds like weird, right? But what I found in the same way for our businesses and for ourselves, when we grab a vision or who we want to become, it creates a clear path for what we need to do to become that individual. And it's the same thing when we talk about on a practical level, our health, our relationship with our spouse, our kids, what do we envision this looking like in the future and grabbing a hold of that vision. And some people even use things like vision boards. I love vision boards because if somebody wants a certain thing or they want to be standing on stage one day, or they want to have their own podcast, or they want to, you know, to, to live in a mansion or whatever it is, like not just about the things, but your life. Because I found that every single person on this planet defines success differently. But every single one of us define failure the same. Because success, it's up to us. We get to define, do we want to live in a little shack down by the river and write poetry for the rest of our lives? Awesome. I'm not here to tell you that's not okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure that that's in alignment with who you want to become. Do you want to be standing on stages, traveling the world, you know, in your private jet, that's fine. Is that who you want to become and why? And in that recognizing though, that each of us, like we talked about earlier, we've kind of built this former version of what success looks like, but we've never asked that question. Why? We don't understand why we want certain things or why we want a certain job or we want a certain business or we want a certain partner. We want a certain body or any of these things. And when we do that and we can actually visualize that, The concept of manifestation is simply the the act of creation of that. And the act of creation of that comes down to us doing the things that are necessary for us to become that. And so by extension, law of attraction and all these other things. Yeah, absolutely. But I think where most people miss it, like, well, it's just going to happen one day. No, it's not. I'm sorry to burst your bubble. There might be a plan. And I believe you have a purpose. I believe you have a calling. But there's somebody that has to execute that plan. And it's you. It's me. Yeah.
1: I wonder why, and this is rhetorical, but I wonder why society has actually shaped us this way. You know, your point about defining failure the same and success differently is Mm -hmm. fascinating Um, because yeah, I think we've almost built a mold for success as well. And, and for many of us, that doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, what, you know, it's interesting when you take a client from that behavioral component and you start talking about, you know, who am I and who do I need to be and all of these things. It fascinates me that it's that foreign. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it's because, you know, we're, we've we been in this field for a little while. So we begin to think a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I just, I think that's fascinating.
2: Well, I think um, it, have you heard the, the concept unconscious competence before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's for a lot of us. And that's how anyone listening, you have an area of competence or intelligence or brilliance or genius that you might just not recognize about yourself, but I, I can almost guarantee you the people around you do. And when you start owning that and you start defining who you want to become, you know, I, I didn't mention the definition of failure that I love, but it's, it's simply our inability to achieve our goals. And that's why we, we define it the same, but that, that success, right. I know a lot of people that set out to build a massive business. They're like, Oh, I want to be a millionaire. That's great. Is that what you really want though? Well, really what I want is I want to wake up every single morning and this is where the stage that I'm at in my life. I get to wake up every single morning. I make, I make breakfast for my kids after I've gone to the gym, had my morning routine, I work out with my wife too. When I come back home, do cardio, make breakfast with my kids. I hug them. I wrestle with them. I jump in and do some work. I break for lunch, have lunch with them, wrestle with them, hug them, kiss them, put them down to naps, do a little bit more work. And at the end of the day, I, or, and, and I get to define what every single day looks like for me at this point in my life. I, I love Tony Robbins shared stage with Tony Robbins. I don't want to be Tony Robbins. I understand his schedule. I understand what his, how demanding his life is. And although I do identify and resonate with much of what he shares, the world doesn't need another Tony Robbins. The world needs Elizabeth Hochster, If I said your last name, right. And Nari Carr, right. Mm-hmm. David Waldy. every single person here is that in recognizing what we want to model From the people that we identify as successful know that it's not about becoming them it's about recognizing what are the things within them and their lives that we want to model or we want to emulate because that's oftentimes an indication of something that is wanting to come out from inside of us it's calling to us to step out of that and to lean into it and in that place i think we are we find freedom to define success and say you know what feel really 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 successful relative to what other people might think. Maybe not. Maybe so. I don't know. That's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to become who I said I would be.
0: It's totally about yourself like you said and I love the way you described your lifestyle because you've got an, you can just sense the element of satisfaction you have there because for you that is success and like we we spoke about at the beginning fierce empathy living your life on your own terms whatever those terms mean for you and success means for you and that doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're being trying to be exactly like someone else and I'll just mention for example when people say oh I want this big business multi six figure or I want this huge house but when they get it they not satisfied and they're not happy because they didn't know why they wanted it they wanted it because right. society told them that you should have this and when you mm-hmm. have this you're successful but that's not success for them really but they thought it was
1: yeah yeah totally
0: so um we're yeah, gonna... Just gonna go ahead Nari. I was going to say we've just got a couple of minutes remaining so uh, with that I just wanted to obviously thank you very much David mm. for joining us today on our, um, our podcast it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here we've learned so much uh, I'd love to have you back on again in 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 another few months if, if that would be okay with you.
2: I would love that. And I'm honored. Thank you. Thank you, ladies, both for having me. I, I love, I'm, I'm incredibly, I, I even get red in the face when I talk about this because I'm so passionate about it. I just, my heart for everyone listening to this is, is recognize you have a gift inside of you that only you can share. And I believe that when we can define who we want to become, who we, who we said we would be, that that gift starts to flourish and shine. And we bring that light to the world and whatever that looks like. And it affects our the people we love. It affects our friends. It affects our families. It affects our clients. It affects our colleagues. And when we do that and we come at life from a place of alignment and knowing who we are and loving ourselves and really being our best friend and speaking well to yourself, it affects everything. It affects everyone around us and they sense it. It's magnetic. they're like, what makes you different? I just, I don't know. I just really like hanging out with myself. (laughs) If you can do that for yourself and define what that success looks like and who you want to become promise you your life will change
0: thank you very much anything final words from you liz
1: no thank you very much uh, david that was really really helpful and uh, i certainly learned a lot um, and i think you know le- leadership in any form begins with us yeah. And it doesn't matter whether we're the, you know, the, the softball po- coach for our children, or whether, you know, be going back to Greenleaf for a minute, you know, it's all about serving. So um, I really appreciate your perspective, because it's very much in line with that. So my thanks for sharing your time with us today.
0: Yeah. Thank and you, Leigh. Yeah, th- thank you. And uh, just to quickly, just if you could tell us where people can find you, I'm sure there'll be many people wanting to connect with you, David.
2: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Just find me on social media. I, I'm all over social. I, I spend most of my time on Instagram, a lot of time on Facebook. I'm I'm playing with TikTok. I still haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> you know? And um, I recently did launch a YouTube channel. I've got a, a few videos coming there, but just David Waldy, just at David Waldy on whatever social media platform you're on, you'll probably find me. And I'd love to connect with you, create more conversations, feel free to reach out. And uh, um, yeah, looking forward to meeting more of you.
0: Great. So thank you everybody, Uh, everyone who's listening. Hope you've enjoyed today's um, episode and we look forward to connecting with you again soon. Um, Thank you again, David. It's been amazing and we hopefully will see you very soon. Thank Thank
2: you. It was an honor.
0: Bye. Take care, folks.